welcome to a very special episode of Sage Cigarettes Presents A Ghost in the Magazine. I'm Steph. And I'm Gabe. And for the next four episodes, it's going to be just us because we're brown kids and Black History Month is very important to us. That's right. So the first movie in our Black History Month series is going to be Candyman. If you haven't seen this movie, please stop what you're doing, even if that means listening to us, and watch it. I think it's just an A-plus class. Even if you're driving, pause the podcast, pull over, whip out your phone, you can watch the movie real quick. Right, but just make sure you pull over. Don't do it while you're driving, because that's dangerous. (laughs) So, Candyman is a horror film from 1992, starring Tony Todd as Candyman himself, and Virginia Madsen as the very, very, very frustrating Helen. So, we're just gonna go right in. The movie starts... The title sequence, it's the overhead view of Chicago. Something I really love about this movie is all of the aerial shots of like highways and things like that. I think it's really nice. But the first thing I wondered (laughs) when this movie started, and yes, I was baked, excuse me, was what font is that? (laughs) It was sharp. (laughs) It was very sharp. Also, I feel like it was quick too. Like most movies, they drag out their title sequences. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, boom, Candyman. It did its whole thing with all the members of the team, the director, writer, whatever. Oh, but- yeah. And we remember because we were saying them out loud in a British accent for some reason. And I was the only high one here. But yeah, very cool title sequence. So Helen and her black friend Bernadette, who's played by Casey Lemons, they are working on a thesis and they're like mad hyped about the theme, which is urban legends, something that Gabe and I are both super interested in. When we first started dating, we actually would binge watch the show that used to be on Netflix called Urban Legends. And he brings it up all the time like hey you remember that show because they're just so great (laughs) they're obsessed with it she even gets pissed at her professor man because she asked him to hold off on talking about urban legends in his class because she wanted to interview the freshman and he ruined it i think that was a douche move on his part and he exudes small dick energy yes i mean because he said he has a curriculum to teach or whatever he could have at least gave her the heads up if he was like about to do it. Hey, just so you know, my next class, I'm going to be talking about this. Well, he was busy being up his female student's ass. Yes. So yes. that is probably why he didn't do that. Little dick energy. I agree. Okay, so they're in the university and she heard a story from her friend and she goes to get her friend and the friend tells the story about Ruthie Jean and she was a woman. They heard her screaming down the hall. And they called 911, someone who lived there. And the police didn't come fast enough. Like, they didn't ignore the first call, but they wrote it off. They just set it aside. I think they called twice, and then they showed up a little later. Which is really sad, because I will get into this more, but it's a notoriously crime-ridden area. So for them to ignore it is bad. It's just beyond. Okay, so what happens is that the police finally get there, and it's just... She's dead. And it's like a brutal scene. Her body was destroyed. I can't think of any colorful words for being murdered, but that's what happened. So Helen 
she hears this story and it like intrigues the fuck out of her. So she's like, I need to get in there. And she's just sure she's not the kind of person who like believes in myths or anything like that. So even though this whole community believes in Candyman without a doubt, she's just like, no, that's not for me. And they go down there. And this whole thing is what makes me upset with Helen. So I did research and I've seen a lot of reviews and things. There's a surprising number of people who think that Helen is inherently a good person. I don't really feel that way. I mean, she may not be a bad person, but I don't think she's a good person. No, she's not a good person. I mean, the whole thing with going down there, I even wrote in my notes that Helen is doing too much for the story. She really is. Mm. Okay, so where Candyman basically settled is Cabrini Green. And Cabrini Green is a housing project that was a very real and very dangerous place in Chicago. It's real. Like, Cabrini Green existed. It's been redeveloped into some mixed income housing, but people still remember Cabrini Green. And I think the fact that it mixes this place that was heavy with gangs, with violence. People actually got murdered here, you know, and the horrors of the poverty that these people, this place is trashed. It's covered in graffiti. There's garbage everywhere. The police don't show up. I think the fact that they weave that with this Candyman mythos is what makes it so scary. And it has this air of Candyman could be real. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So Helen doesn't give a fuck. She wants to get in there, which you have to remember that Ruthie Jean was a real person. She's not just a piece of your thesis. She really died there. It really left an imprint on the community. Bernadette is the voice of reason. And I just think it's funny that that's her black friend who is familiar with the area. She says she won't even drive past it. And Helen just completely disregards this. I feel like personally, she's banking on the fact that her friend is not going to let her just walk in there regardless of her feelings. And that's selfish. Fuck Candyman. They could have easily been attacked and the police wouldn't have come. And so they go into this place and they go into the adjoining apartment and the way that these medicine cabinets work is there's nothing separating one apartment from another. If you pop out the medicine cabinets, there's a giant hole, which this bitch proceeds Mm -hmm. to climb through, leaving her friend in this disgusting bathroom. And I just, ew, that's yucky. Don't (laughs) do that to your friend. Yeah, she's very visibly uncomfortable. And she's also just saying, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, she's being very vocal. Helen is comfortable having her friend around and her making her friend uncomfortable her kind of selfish those are not the types of friends that you want poor bernadette deserved better okay so moving on to the story of Candyman. i don't think they ever say his real name no do they? I, if they did i missed it but i don't think they do if they did our bad like i said i was high okay so Candyman was the son of a former slave who made himself a little business by painting he made beautiful paintings and um, a wealthy man commissioned him for a portrait of his daughter they fell in love and the father was pissed off because that was not acceptable. That was pre-interracial couples being a thing. So he set a mob after Candyman. This Mm. mob beat him. They chopped off his hand and they shoved a hook in it in the stump. And when you see Candyman, he's got the 
wiggly pieces of flesh hanging around the hook because there was no cauterizing that. You know, it wasn't a professional hook. And I'm wondering, why even fucking bother? Why give him a hook? Why not just leave him? Yeah, I thought his origin story was terrifying. And, like, it's brutal, too. I must have missed it. I didn't know that they put the hook there for him. I don't know. We're not, um, not the best researchers. But this is <laughs> what I feel happened. But then, there's more. They covered him with honey and they covered him with bees that stung him to death. So, uh, speaking of the bees and being covered in bees, obviously, when people think of Candyman, they think of bees. So, they used real bees and they bred them specifically for this movie. And they used younger bees, obviously, so he wouldn't get stung to death and actually die like in the story. But, Tony Todd still got stung a few times. I don't know if it's throughout all three movies or just this movie, but it did say that he got stung like 23 times. But, before that happened, they made a deal that for every time he got stung, they'd pay him $1,000. So, <laughs> quick math, $23,000. Like, sting me a couple times. Let me get um, a grand. And I'll get back to the bees uh, during a later scene. Okay, cool. There's also more. After he was dead, they burned his body, and then they scattered his ashes over the area that would become... <laughs> the Cabrini Green projects. So like any good urban legend with each telling, the details are going to shift around a bit. So yeah, it's just twisted up a bit and not to become a story like it's a second chance at revenge. That's the way that they're making it seem. But the way that he is with Helen, I feel like Candyman just wants somebody to believe in him and Helen doesn't and that's his fucking problem with her so anybody who says Candyman five times summons him and he's like what's good I think that's a little bit hokey because it's just so very bloody mary but Tony Todd is a fierce not only does he the hook he has this brown jacket that looks a lot like ron weasley's dress robes in um, harry potter and fire he's working it if for some reason you've never seen that please google it and you will know exactly what i'm talking about so helen's like i'm not a bitch and she says his name five times mirror and she just ruins life for herself i feel like he sees her as a challenge okay yeah because he's like oh you don't believe in me i'm not just gonna kill you i want you to like really believe in me yes he makes it seem to her like your disbelief in me is literally what conjured me which i think is fucking crazy but that's how he feels so he said something about his congregation so the fact that she's poking around into the history or whatever and she's being so bold in her disbelief is like challenging people's belief in him as well kind of like in those christmas movies a lot of them it's like oh it's the spirit of christmas that makes santa a thing and if you <laughs> don't believe in christmas santa will die or whatever so he's like all right bitches are gonna die tonight if you don't believe in me so he starts fucking with her life she wakes up covered in blood and this lady who she previously met in cabrini green shows up in the apartment covered in blood and the dog's been decapitated. Sorry, L. And there's blood everywhere. And there's blood in the crib. Yeah, and uh, Anne Marie, she did so well during the scene because the way she was screaming and like jumping yes. around, I got some goosebumps. I was like, holy, holy crap! It was <laughs> chilling. Okay, let's talk about the scene in the bathroom. At some point, Helen goes back to Caprini Green by herself. She wants to get more information and whatnot. And she ends up seeing a little boy. His name is Jake. So she starts talking to him. And 
she's like asking Kane about Candyman. And obviously, he's young and he believes in this. So he told her about a boy who got murdered in the, the public bathroom for the area. And the boy, he was with his mom across the street. He had to use the bathroom. And she, like, she was getting annoyed or whatever. So she told him to go across the street. And he went in there. And he went to, you know, use the toilet. And then something came out of the toilet and it sliced him. And the way he describes it, you know, he doesn't just straight out say it, but it's like, wow. First of all, this kid knows this story, but also it's like a horrifying story. Yes, and the scene... Oh my god. Yes, yes, because they show the little like flashes and stuff. So Candyman killed him, but where he cut him at was a private area for boys. He didn't immediately die. Like obviously he like bled out, but like it was a brutal story. So Helen, obviously, after hearing this, what else was she gonna do? I'm gonna go in there. Someone was murdered over there. Awesome. So she goes in there, you know, she's like it gagging. Disgusting. There are like bodily fluids and solids everywhere, like smeared on walls and doors. Right. And she's like opening each stall and then she opens the one stall and it has like an arrow pointing down. There's a bunch of bees. Surprise. I think she actually flushed the toilet. <laughs> and then I think it's like three men walk in, right? Yeah. Gang members who are around Cabrini Green and one of them dresses as Candyman. She has this whole thing of like, they're going to think that we're cops. So they won't right. mess with us. And no. I'm like, when she said that, I'm like, you're clearly outnumbered. And then to my surprise, because I wasn't expecting this, they beat her up. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you were surprised. They just do crimes. Cabrini yeah. Green is just a crime-ridden area. That's why they redeveloped it, because the crime rate is so high around there. They were trying to shake things up. And what does he say before he hits her? I think he said, I hear you're looking for Candyman. <laughs> Something stupid like that. Yeah. There was a bitch somewhere. I don't know where. She gets beat up, and then they're doing the lineup at the police station, and they're all saying the line. Oh, yeah. I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. That's what it was. <laughs> I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. That's what it was. <laughs> So then she picks the guy out. She believes that she's, I don't want to say they cracked it, but like, you know, this is just a story and there was someone out there who became obsessed with the story and decided he wanted to be Candyman. So she thinks everything's fine and dandy. That's because she's stupid. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but Candyman does have a name. Daniel? I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Well, his name's Danny. All right. After that is when the real Candyman appears to her and then you get the whole bloody scene. That's when he's like, oh, you don't believe in me, so I'm going to show you. First of all, his voice is super deep. It's like echoey, too. It's scary. While, yeah. <laughs> while he's telling her, oh, like, you don't believe in me or whatever, she's stumbling and she's getting the images of the hole. The apartment, yeah. Yeah, she's getting flashes from like the art on the wall and stuff. I think maybe it's supposed to be his lair. That's where he hibernates. Right. So he's messing with her mentally right there and then. And she's like stumbling and falling down. And... Well, that's why we don't say Candyman five times. And <laughs> so, you know, then the thing happens in Anne-Marie's apartment where the dog is decapitated and the baby's missing. So the police arrest Helen and then Helen's husband bails her out of jail. Shit gets crazy. Candyman appears in her apartment. He like cuts her and she passes out. And then Bernadette is at her apartment door and she hears Helen struggling. So she comes into the apartment and Candyman kills her and frames Helen. Like he's really trying to take this bitch out. So they take her to a psychiatric hospital. Quick note. He destroyed her body. Yeah. She was it a pulp. Was Special effects team. Good job. I would like to see it behind the scenes, but that's just me. Oh, 
Apparently she was there for a month. I don't feel like the timeline is very clear here. I don't think it's supposed to be clear for us because we weren't really seeing time go by. Okay, which makes sense. And it kind of like lends to this nightmarish turn of events. It just seems like one long bad dream. Because imagine if this is happening to you. It's kind of my worst nightmare. We've mentioned this before in the podcast, the trope. Are you crazy or are strange things really afoot? Right, right. So she's there for a month and a doctor interviews her and she thinks I can prove that Candyman is real. I can summon him because she's a dumb bitch. And so he comes and he kills the doctor and lets her free so that she can escape. Just like digging her further into this hole. He's like, you're never going to be able to get out. So she finds her little happy way home. And then she finds out that her man moved that student into his home the one that he was like flirting with in class her reaction the student's reaction she's like yes oh trevor she's distraught oh my gosh calm down okay no honestly i think it's a valid because she's a tiny little girl or she's a very young adult she's in college dating an older man whose ex-wife is fucking crazy and murdered a bunch of people and found her way out of the psychiatric hospital and in his house. And I'm pretty sure she had blood on her. When you put it that way, you break (laughs) it down. You know what? I retract my statement. (laughs) That is wise. I feel like it's valid. I probably would have jumped up on the counter and grabbed a knife, but I still would have been screaming. But I also wouldn't have moved in with the man in the first place because I'm smart. So then she runs away to Cabrini Green. So she wants to confront Candyman and she wants to save the baby and she thinks that she will redeem herself because you can't be tried for murder if the baby's still alive. And so she finds him and he tells her that surrendering will ensure Anthony's safety and that Helen will be immortal. Then he rips open his fancy coat and he's got a, a rib cage of bees. Because he's a cool bee guy. And he kisses her and puts bees in her mouth. I will say, at this point in the movie, when he picks her up to take her to the table before he kisses her, he's kind of being like gentle with her. He's like, your death will be exquisite. Mm. Saying all these things that like, at this point, I'm like, oh, okay. He's being like somewhat romantic with her. And then yes. I remembered his story and I'm like, oh, she's probably splitting image of the woman that he fell in love with a long ago. Yes. So my notes get really like chicken scratchy here towards the end, but I definitely, why is he so creepy romantic about her? It's very violent, but it's also sweet and I hate it. So when he kisses her, right? And he has the bees in her mouth. So I was going to come back to the bees. For that scene, they had like a dental dam. But, <laughs> but they had, they had something, he, <laughs> he had something in his mouth. So that he didn't accidentally (laughs) swallow the bees. Okay. For you kids at home, Google dental dams and practice safe sex. Amen. Clearly, that's not what the device is called, but it's called (laughs) something like that. I love that your brain inserted dental dam. Okay, so Candyman vanishes and he takes the baby and then Helen finds a mirror of Candyman with his lover. And surprise, she looks like Helen. And this is a thing... I don't know how I feel about it's fine, but it makes me think of Fright Night. He's obsessed instantly with the teenage Amy, and then she's doing her metamorphosis as a big ass painting of his woman who looks just like her. I know that there are doppelgangers out here, but that has to stop being a thing in horror movies, okay? Find another thing, but it's fine. It'll be fine here. Just stop doing it. 
So Candyman basically says, I will give you the baby back if you help me make people scared of me again. Make Candyman Gary again. I'm sorry I did that. But I don't know why people keep believing the bad guys when they say they're going to do thing. Um, they lie. I would have just sacrificed myself. Like, just take me, fuck the other stuff, give the baby back. They got the chairs and all the garbage piled up. The residents were going to do the bonfire. And she hears Anthony crying, the baby crying. So she's like crawling in there looking for him. Like, you know, there he is. She secured him. She got him. And then everyone starts coming out of the apartments and they're like, oh, yeah, he's in there. We got him. So they think that Candyman is in there and that they're going to kill this guy. And so then they light their torches and throw the kerosene on it and they light it up. And then she's trying to get out with the baby. And then Candyman comes up behind her and he grabs her and he's covering her mouth. He wants this to happen. Like he wants them to die together. And because he's gross for this scene, it was symbolic for me because his origin story, I'm pretty sure the woman he was involved with, she got pregnant. I think that was the purpose of taking the baby instead of uh, killing him. So when, you know, all three of them are together under all this trash and it's burning and he wanted all three of them to die so they can quote unquote be together. So, okay. so then she hits him or something and she's getting away and he's blocked and he can't get to her and she's crawling out with the baby but all this rubble and stuff is falling on her and she catches on fire but she makes it out. She makes it out with the baby and Marie's there and she's like oh my gosh my baby and she's like super happy because the baby's alive but well you see Candyman ends up dying right? He's burning and a bunch of bees fly out from the fire kind of signifying that oh yep he's dead and then somewhat at the top of it you can see his body but Helen dies too because she got burned like crazy I remember how it ends now so then we got the funeral scene right and she's being buried and this pissed me off Mm. because Trevor brought the student to the funeral yeah well he's trash how low could you get yeah so you know as they're getting ready to bury her the residents from Cabrini Green they all come pay their respects and they drop the hook in there and god I can't remember at what point but at some point jake squints his eyes i don't know if this was at the funeral or when Candyman died but it was funny because the way he was squinting his eyes like he was super suspicious so <laughs> i just put jake's squinty eyes lol <laughs> but anyway so she gets put to rest flash forward it's trevor and he's in his apartment with his student girlfriend but he's in the bathroom and he's like tearing up and sitting there and she's like calling him like trevor what do you want for dinner and he's kind of being short with her like uh yeah I don't, whatever and she's getting upset because she knows that something's wrong he doesn't want to come out she knows that he's upset because his wife died and he's upset because he's probably feeling really guilty yes exactly <laughs> and so he's like crying because he realizes that he phoned uh, up right he has a flashback because the student is in the kitchen right and she's like cooking and then I think the flashback covers over that and it's Helen and she's cooking he's coming home and she's giving him a kiss he's remembering the good parts of... dude suck my dick buyer's remorse I don't know but he's like I'm so messed up because I'm cheating on her he didn't believe her with the whole murdering thing which I can understand him for that the, the understandably whole... so but like while your wife is in a psychiatric hospital being grilled for murder maybe don't move a student into your house yes that was that was bad like i wouldn't blame him for leaving her for all this but like dude you don't just bring someone else in but he was cheating on her beforehand anyway well of course otherwise he wouldn't have moved her in so quick right so he's in the bathroom he's crying like a little baby he's looking in the mirror and he's like saying her name like oh helen and then he's saying it five times saying it over and over he says it five times and then next thing you know lights go 
out and who shows up but Helen. <laughs> I forgot what she says to him, but she said it to him before in the movie. And it was like, what's the matter, Trevor? You're scared or something? And then you hear screaming and the student goes to the bathroom and Trevor's just laying there cut up and bloody. Good. Roll credits. Well, wasn't there a picture in Candyman lair? Oh, yes, yes. Sorry. Okay. It's showing that too. It shows uh, Helen. Right. Shows and Helen. that's awesome because it makes it seem like she's the new boogeyman. Yeah, because the art changes. She took over the lair. It's kind of like oh, there always has to be a candy man or a candy person, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, he dies, but she's taking over type of thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fine. And I know that there are more movies that I haven't seen, so I just don't know what happens there. But this movie, honestly, the reason why I watched this movie in the first place and why it holds a special place in my heart is because my stepmom hates this movie. She's scared of it, and I think it's funny. We don't really get along, but it is just a very, very good movie. I love the choice of having Tony Todd play Candyman. I have not seen him in any, but I've heard that he does great things. And just the Candyman voice. Imagine him whispering those things to you, or not even whispering, but saying them to you. I wrote down something that he said, and it scared me. He said, what's blood for if not for shedding? Ah, yes. He has some really good lines in this movie the whole thing about your death will be exquisite things like that yes you know he has some really good lines i did write down one of the things he says very simple he says you know believe in me right i wrote it down b like a b believe in me oh no <laughs> that's so funny one of the first things i wrote in my notes was the bees <laughs> like that was helpful i did have um, a tiny comment at the beginning when a girl was telling them an urban legend story and i think the boyfriend in the story his name was billy and all i could think of was that guy looks old as shit to be playing a teenager and then when i was like doing research or whatever that guy's played by ted Raimi, and that's sam Raimi's brother what yes that's so random isn't it i was like what the hell okay i think I that's mean, so neat that's actually really cool good job yes, on finding that thank you <laughs> I, well so what i wanted to add was you said you've never seen Tony Todd in, in anything else because I didn't look it up but I'm just remembering I'm pretty sure he plays death in the Final Destination movies you know I don't remember those movies really the only thing I remember the airplane scene and the roller coaster scene and the okay. fact that I worked while they were filming one of those <laughs> movies that's all yeah I don't know if the character is actually death but he's the ominous guy and I'm pretty sure he's in all of them and he's, he's talking very to very ominous yeah. I only remember like one line he says something about you can't cheat death or something so I think his character is supposed to be death in a way. But anyway, that's the only other movies I remember him from. His character is William Bloodworth. Well, he's in some things and he's just a phenomenal actor. The thing I like the most is that he didn't make Candyman cheesy. It's like really easy, I feel, to make a horror character become that. He did a really good job and uh, I don't know if this was his first big role or not, but most people, I'm sure when you say Tony Todd, they remember him from Oh Candyman. yeah. This is his most notable Oh, he was in Wishmaster. Now I need to rewatch that. It's a horror movie. His character's name was Johnny Valentine. I'll put that on my list. So that was Candyman. And next week's movie is going to be Blackula. Do not knock it. Do not write it off as being one of those cheesy things because there's also going to be 
a mini history lesson along with that. I have not seen it, and I know Gabe has not seen it either, so this is going to be an adventure for all of us. So you can follow the podcast on Twitter at GITM Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at WitchXPudding. And you can follow me at Gabuto. Okay, bye!